Welcome to Awakened and Alive After 40, a weekly podcast about stepping outside of the box and into a life that is true to who you really are. We're your hosts, Dominique and Carrie, two 40-something-year-old friends and coaches who are on a journey to live the second half of our lives with greater flow and ease. Our passion is to guide and support our clients in becoming their most authentic and aligned selves. We love digging into a variety of topics and sharing some of our insights and perspectives through our coaching lenses. We both spent the first half of our lives trying to fit into a box only to realize we were burnt out and searching for a better way to do life. We are here to remind you that it's never too late to start living your best life. Let's get into today's episode. As I've started my journey towards becoming more conscious and aware of just the type of life that I want to be living for myself. Yoga has been one of those activities that has been so incredibly transformational, life-changing for me. And I know, Carrie, you really enjoy yoga as well. And so in today's episode, we just want to share a little bit more about our journeys with yoga and getting into it, what it has done for our not only physical well-being, but emotional, mental well-being. And I'm really excited to have us share more about this, Carrie. Yeah, me too. Just to say up front, Dominique and I are not in any way, shape, or form trained in yoga. We are not yoga teachers. We are simply yoga practitioners who have greatly benefited from having yoga in our lives. So we aren't offering any kind of yoga advice or anything, just sharing our own yoga stories. Yeah, exactly. And for myself, I was someone who grew up, you know, with a lot of different activities that I did at school, like many of us played soccer and did track and those kinds of activities that really required a lot of energy expenditure never really felt that great to me. I don't know. I could never put my finger on it where I was like, you know, everyone else is loving the running, the action within for me. I was like, I'm just exhausted. Oh, yeah. I never even participated in any sports in school outside of like PE class because I just was not like an energetic, athletic type person. Yeah. And I pretty much, you know, got into a lot of different sports because my dad was a soccer player and an absolute amazing one. And soccer was always in my life. So I did that. I did gymnastics for a little while because again my dad was very much into that but once you become fearful of falling in gymnastics there's like no hope for getting over that and that was my problem and it's still just I never found the sport or the physical activity that felt really good to me until I gave yoga a couple of different tries did you find it boring at first or did it really click for you it clicked but my first well my sister and I would do a yoga like video at home when we were teenagers that just taught like super basics it was for beginners and just some very basic postures which I'm kind of glad I had done because then when I went to my first real yoga class in a studio I knew what to expect 
But that studio I started going to, this is when I lived in Boston, like over 20 years ago in the early 2000s, (laughs) had such a sense of community to it Mm -hmm. that I just, I think I clicked with not only yoga, but the people. Mm -hmm. But I just, I've always been able to kind of quote unquote, do nothing really easily. (laughs) I always felt that way, but... Of course, growing up in a family who was mostly manifesting generators, which part of human design, a lot of energy there, me being a projector, not a lot of energy. I was trying to match their energy level and I always felt exhausted. I never felt like that was really for me and yoga, I really got into it when I had my diagnosis of POTS at the age of 28, because I was trying to manage my blood pressure and my anxiety. I tried a couple different classes as well, but it was very different than what I was always trying for with that high energy activity. And so for me to slow down, that didn't come easy to me, even though I knew I would like it and that I needed to do that. So I kind of found it boring at first, but then tried a couple of other classes because there's so many different styles. You've got your vinyasa, you have hatha, you have a lot of different styles. So I think it's really important to when you are looking to get into yoga to try them all and see what really feels That's the best a great for point. you. A friend who never had done yoga and I was like I really think you'd like it she was very athletic and she loves exercising and she thought it was going to be boring and then she finally went to a studio and started doing power yoga and she loved it because Mm -hmm. she is a manifesting generator and she loves like expending energy and power yoga does that for whoever's practicing it Yeah, it really does. And that's one of the classes that I will recommend to friends or just, you know, people who are asking me about it that I know are individuals who like to work out hard and, you know, can be competitive and just really like that high energy. Power yoga is very much one of those classes and vinyasa as well, because it's very, you know, fluid. There's quick movements, there's not much downtime, but for me, and I want to hear what your favorite form is, Carrie, but for me, I love yin yoga. That is something I started doing just a few months ago. And with yin yoga, you hold each pose for like two to three minutes and you are just there doing nothing but resting into the pose. I have never felt better within my body and especially afterwards within like my mental and emotional state. What's your favorite one? It's funny because I do think like self-awareness and age has changed this because when I started doing yoga, I was in my early 20s and I was doing a lot of like Ashtanga yoga and vinyasa yoga and I loved the flow, like the constant movement and it kept my brain in the present moment, but without having to do any work to stay in the present moment because I was just focusing on the poses, Mm -hmm. which kept changing. But now that I'm older and in my 40s, I am right there with you. I love yin yoga. I don't 
exclusively do yin yoga because I still have that mental hang up that like it's not a workout yeah. necessarily. But I it always look forward to doing it. I love the longer classes, like an hour of yin is perfect for me when it's too short. And I'm like, I can't believe it's over. Mm -hmm. And there are some YouTube yoga teachers out there who do really beautiful yin classes paired each pose paired with an affirmation, which I have found that helps my mind like have something to focus on because you just keep thinking or repeating the affirmation to yourself. Oh, I love that. Who, who is it? Yoga that... with Cassandra yeah. does it. And Jessica Richberg, who we were just talking about the other mm -hmm. day, her YouTube channel is really nice. And I just did a yin yoga for sleep class of hers yesterday, and it was paired with affirmations. And oh, I don't think all of her yin classes are like that, but this one was, and it was excellent. I want to check that out. Um, Yoga with Cassandra and Jessica's channel, those are two YouTube channels that I will very frequently go to when I'm doing yoga as well. I think they're phenomenal. So we'll leave those linked in the show notes for- And I think you and I found those independently. Like yes. we didn't recommend them to each other. We both yep. were already doing yoga with these two amazing yoga teachers on YouTube and then discovered we were both doing this without having told each other yeah and so of course that was even more fun <laughs> yeah but it's um yeah it's great because I'll, I'll mix it up and I'll watch videos too and then now because I've been doing it for a while consistently like yes I started playing around with getting into it when I was 28 but it wasn't until the pandemic hit that I then became super consistent so only in the past like three years and it is now my ideal form of caring for my body, caring for my emotional well-being. And I do want to share for myself, I know I've talked a little bit about how in the past with my unresolved trauma and healing journey, a lot of it was focused on the habit of dissociating that I had within my lifetime. Yoga was by far one of the best modalities tools for me to use in order to work on being more present and i know you just mentioned you know that importance of presence with affirmations and that is something with me having that habit of dissociating i could not for the life of me stay present when i first started yoga but with practice 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 it has just been tremendous for me to now be able to drop right into presence and not have to work so hard at it because of me growing up most of my life, not knowing what it was to be present or what it felt like to be present. So yoga for me has been transformational, mostly because it has helped me to work through this habit of dissociation, this protective mechanism that I had most of my life. Yeah. I think it's important to mention that we are yoga practitioners and we haven't done a ton of deep study, but yoga is such a bigger thing than just the postures and the poses. And I think the westernization of yoga has watered down a bit what it actually is and I think there are a lot of yoga teachers out there really trying to um 
change this and bring the whole story of yoga to people who love it because yeah you can be a yoga practitioner and never do one pose because it is it encompasses so much about the mind and the breath and it's not just about flexibility and doing craziest poses and like Dominique was talking about with how it supported her through cultivating that sense of presence and being more connected to her body and understanding what was going on that's like one of the beautiful side effects of practicing yoga yeah Yeah. I love that you bring that whole concept up Carrie about just how it's been kind of watered down a little bit um and the the true like core purpose of yoga I agree like now a lot of the instructors are trying to bring that forward more people are recognizing that you know when it comes to working on being more present too it's tapping into the body because our bodies hold memories they store memories and in order for us to really focus on overall well-being we need to be able to move out of the overthinking that we have within our minds. And, you know, I love this whole topic here, Carrie, because this is the nervous system that, you know, we're really dropping into is addressing unresolved trauma is a big one through yoga because trauma is stored within the body. And they even have something called like emotional releasing with yoga. A lot of the times it will happen when we're doing hip stretches and poses and mobility because our our hips the pelvis area holds tremendous amount of the emotions that we may be carrying that have been unresolved i experienced that myself when i first got into yoga so it's not uncommon to start crying just out of the blue it seems like when you are doing hip poses and hip openers And it's so incredibly important because this helps to reset the nervous system. It helps to process emotions that have been unresolved and that create a lot of difficulty within our bodies. Like for myself, the nervous system dysregulation created the high blood pressure, the tachycardia that I was experiencing and incorporating yoga has helped me process so many things that have now been able to bring greater regulation to my nervous system. All because I didn't look at yoga any longer as just something to make me look good physically, or, you know, I wanna be able to get my leg up over my head. Like before I was like, oh, I wanna be able to do a split. Now I do not care what it looks like. It's what it feels like. What does your body feel like? What is happening within your body? while you're doing yoga. And that's what I really focus on now for myself. And um, I definitely encourage other people to to do the same, not focus on what it looks like, but more of what are you feeling happening within your body emotionally? Yeah. I remember when I first started doing yoga, one of the sort of mind-blowing things to me in it, because I had done other types of exercise classes or gym workouts before that and something that was so different about yoga is how often they would remind us not to compare ourselves to anyone else in the room and not even really to compare ourselves with ourselves. They're like, maybe 
last time you were in a class, you could touch your toes and today you can't. Like every day your body is going to be different. Your body is completely different than every other body in this room. And so that was my first eye-opening experience to have more self-compassion and less comparison and judgment of myself. Oh my gosh. I love that so much because yes, I completely understand what you mean with that because it very much at first can be a comparison game because you want to, you want to get it right. You want to make sure that you're nailing the poses and you don't look like a fool, you know, in the class. But with me being a physical therapist assistant, when I'm in the clinic working with my patients, you know, I tell them because it's very easy to overdo it and they'll come in with more pain. You know, I tell them, I say, your body is going to be different every single day. It's going to depend on the activities you did the day before, whether you slept well or not. My body never feels the same. My muscles are quite a bit tighter certain days than others. And it's meeting yourself where you're at for that day. I know that some yoga instructors say like, when you come onto your mat, you are just meeting yourself there in that present moment for how you're feeling that day with no comparison towards others or towards yourself from day to day. You're just welcoming whatever is present in that moment. Yeah. I love that. And I love what you said that every day when you get on your mat, you're meeting yourself. It's almost like thinking that you're meeting yourself for the first time because you have to come to the mat without expectations. And this is easier said than done because I still struggle with this. Like, oh my gosh, last time I could do this pose really well and now today I can't. Or I'm falling out of all my balancing poses today. And for me, that's just, I try to take it as some sort of signal or sign that, you know, for whatever reason, this isn't happening. And to just let that be without wondering why or having to examine and dissect it. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I've made that same shift without questioning. You know, I moved away from questioning like, oh, why couldn't I do this today? Or why was this harder? And just... Like you said, just let it be. Just take what it is for that moment, for that day. Really working on that self-compassion is a tremendous practice that comes with yoga. And, you know, for myself, building self-compassion was a major area for me. And it's something I continue to work on. And yoga greatly helps me do the same thing. I even am so obsessed with yoga now that I want to get certified to teach and more specifically teach a trauma-informed approach to yoga because they do have trauma-informed yoga that really focuses in on building greater safety within the nervous system and also working through the way you're speaking to yourself with the self-compassion, giving yourself options for the poses so you're not feeling pressured into having to, you know, go deeply into a pose that just doesn't feel right. So you're giving options. And it's something that I am really excited to explore a little bit more in the future. Right now, I've got plenty that I'm working on with my certification in human design, quantum human design, which I am almost complete with. But yoga... That is going to be the next one because I love it that much. Do you have any thoughts on 
pros and cons of doing yoga in a studio versus doing it at home? So what I feel can be tricky doing yoga at a studio is like we were talking about the comparison game. That obviously is a tricky part, but if you, you know, go into it with the awareness and the mindset of like, okay, you know what, I am going to do the best I can to not compare myself to others and just going with that because the great thing about the studio is you have an instructor there and hopefully they're really watching your form with the poses. So they're going to be able to guide you into safely navigating poses and modifying them too, if something's not appropriate for you. So when it comes to doing something in the studio, those are the two things that I kind of look at. And at home, that's kind of where I started. And it felt good to me because I got to just test it a little bit instead of just jumping right in, in a public area where I would maybe feel more like foolish or judgy towards myself. So I tested it at home first, just to kind of get an idea. And that made me feel a little more comfortable than going into a studio. How about you? Yeah, I was going to say the thing I love about a studio is having that instructor there because I love it when an instructor will like guide your body into like if you're not doing something exactly right and they just do one little tweak of the pose and then it's like, oh, this feels mm -hmm. great now. So I love yeah. that aspect of having the instructor in the room with you. But I've been doing home yoga now for the past, I would say like six years just because it's financially a lot cheaper <laughs> and yeah. You can do it whenever it fits your schedule. You don't have to, you know, there's no commute time. There's no, it's just really easy to fit into your day. And I like to do yoga like right before bed, which can be a little bit late or mm -hmm. times midday is a break from work. And so I like just being able to hop on my mat when it suits my schedule the best. Yeah, I definitely agree. And recently I have been more focused doing it at home because I have ADHD and I have found that I get very easily distracted when I am in a class, unless it's a yin yoga class, because it's just so slow going that I have time to really just drop into being present. But if it's one that is like a little bit more fluid movement, I get so distracted about just, of course, movement near me, the sounds. So there's a little too much going on. And so at home, I have more control over what's in my environment that could potentially distract me. So especially for myself, because I'm working on just greater presence with yoga, I know that about myself. And so I just modify more at home now than, you know, what I used to do. And I really, I love it a lot. And so when it comes to yoga overall, I think, you know, what we're sharing here, Carrie, is that we are often so focused on how an activity or exercise is going to make us look better, you know, feel better. But with yoga, we can often see instructors doing all these amazing, crazy poses. And we think we have to be able to do that in order to get the most out of it. And it simply isn't true. It can be so incredibly basic. It can be chair yoga. 
whatever it is, so incredibly basic because the whole concept is greater body awareness, greater presence for regulation of the nervous system and just overall greater peace within yourself. And that to me is where the power of yoga is really held. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please consider sharing it with friends and or family. We'd be incredibly grateful if you rated and reviewed the podcast on your preferred listening platform as it really helps. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can connect with us through our websites or Instagram, which are all linked in the show notes. We'd love to hear from you. Our theme song was written by Michael Ahrens.